Well, good evening. Man, uh, what a couple days it's been, huh? Been a little crazy. We're glad you're here this evening. If you're joining us online, I'm glad you're joining us uh, this evening. You know, there was, there was for us that one Christmas where we came rushing into the room to find the presents floating in three to four inches of water. There's something about that moment of anticipation, right? I mean, all it takes is having some kids around, maybe their kids or grandkids or nephews and nieces. There's something about Christmas morning, the anticipation. It builds all month, right? Like everyone knows December 25th is coming, presents are coming, celebrate. We get to tear presents open. We get to stuff all the trash in the, in the garbage can that day. And then three weeks later, we throw away all the presents we got on Christmas, right? We know that that day is coming, the anticipation. And maybe, maybe your household was like mine, growing up, you know, aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas didn't live around, and, and so they would mail presents, and they would begin to accumulate under the Christmas tree, and the anticipation would grow, and the excitement would grow, and, and you'd go look. Every single time new presents showed up under the tree, you'd go look. You'd go, you'd go see to go, you know, go see whose name's on that present, right? Maybe, maybe if you were mischievous enough, you'd, you'd take the present, and you'd take it, and Right? To try and figure out if you could figure out if it was just another pair of socks from grandma or if it was something you actually wanted. Right? Maybe, maybe you were um, as mischievous as a friend I knew who, um, when he was younger, uh, presents accumulated under the tree, accumulated, accumulated, and the anticipation was eating him alive. He just couldn't handle it. Right? He couldn't wait till the 25th to see what was in those presents. So one night after everyone had gone to sleep, he snuck out by the tree with a razor blade and he carefully cut the tape on the presents and unfolded the wrapping paper, being careful not to tear any part of it so that he could see what was inside the presents. And then he refolded them and put scotch tape back on, hoping nobody would notice. Maybe you have mischievous enough kids. Um, you know, maybe you... You don't even put tags on the, on the, the, the presents. I, I knew some families that would color code the presents, right? So you didn't know who they were to. They just had a, a color of a sticker on. One year, um, one year, my dad decided that none of the presents would have our names on them. They would just have numbers, right? And so you could see all of them, and you could see like, ah, 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 I don't know whose that is, but that looks really awesome, right? And, and that present, that's really heavy, you know? That'd be awesome if it was mine. I don't know why heavy presents are important, but it feels more important if the present's heavy, right? And all you'd look at it and say, 12. And it wouldn't be until that morning, Christmas morning, we'd all come out and my dad pulled out the, 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 the key that he had, you know, and 12. Oh, that's Kirsten's, okay. Well, here, here's 17. Oh, that's Kenneth's, right? And, and we would, there's something about the anticipation that builds all, throughout the month that's different than anything else that we experience. The anticipation of what sits inside this present. There's nothing that will ruin anticipation like finding all your presents floating in three or four inches of water. We had spent 
the time before Christmas up in Seattle, that's where all of extended family are, and we were doing all the Christmas stuff and Christmas Eve stuff and all that kind of stuff. And the plan was first thing, Christmas morning, we'd wake up and we would drive back home. Well, then uh, my cousin, you know, she was very selfish. She decided to have a child. And, um, and so we decided that we'd stick around and wait for the baby to be born, born on Christmas morning. And we went by the hospital and saw this brand new baby, this first of a new generation. And, and, uh, and then we drove home and we got home that night late. It was dark, right? And, and I can tell you as a, as a kid, knowing that there are presents waiting for you under the tree, it is the longest drive possible to drive from Seattle just waiting to get home to get the present. The anticipation just eats you up, right? And we get home, we open the sliding door, we walk into the first room, and we open the door to go into the living room, and I don't know who the first person was in, but you go, there's two steps down into the living room, step, sploosh. And that anticipation goes, <laughs> As you see, all your presence semi-submerged in a small pond that had become our living room. There's something almost torturous about anticipation that goes unfilled. And the writer of Proverbs, he, he says this in Proverbs 13. He says, hope or anticipation deferred makes the heart sick. It's just this oh inside of us. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. This was the moment that Jesus was born into. Jesus was born into a place and amongst the people who had been waiting with anticipation, not for 25 days, not for a year, not for a decade. For generations and generations. And, and here's the thing. They had seen God do miraculous and amazing things. They told the stories of God being their redeemer, being their rescuer, being the one who saved them. God moving and doing amazing things. But there was this waiting, this anticipation that God kept making this promise. He said, in the day of the Lord, I'm going to fix it. God kept telling his people, there's going to be a day. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to make everything right. I'm going to come as your king I'm going to be a greater David. I'm going to sit on the throne of the kingdom of Israel, and I'm going to be a good and benevolent and gracious and kind king, and I'm going to restore everything back. It's going to look a whole lot more like it did in the Garden of Eden, and I will walk with you, and we will be one with each other, and it'll be beautiful, and it'll be good. And they'd waited, and they'd waited, and they'd waited. And there'd come a point in time where the anticipation had begun to fade. The hope had become just a whisper. But Paul, he, he writes about this. I love this. This is, this is so good here. Um, Paul writes to a church in a, in a place called Galatia, right? And he writes this church, and, and he's talking about this moment that Jesus is born, this moment that we celebrate in Christmas. And, and here's what he says. He says, but just, this is awesome, but just at the right moment. Do you hear that? Not, not 10 minutes too early, not 30 seconds too late, but just at the right moment, 
God sent his son born of a woman born under the law. Just at the, when everything seemed hopeless and dark, an anticipation was going from, from, from uh, being a, a crushing thing. It says just at the right moment, as Proverbs says, it says the desires fulfilled are a tree of life. The tree of life came to dwell amongst us. And that's what we celebrate in Christmas is just in the right moment. God shows up. This is the God that we worship and celebrate. He is the God who shows up at just at the right moment. But here's, here's the tension. Here's the tension. God shows up with this beautiful, incredible gift of his son, but a gift that goes unopened is as useless as a bunch of gifts floating in three inches of water. So my encouragement to you today is that as we celebrate, as we remember, as we talk about, as we um, have meals and read things and, and, and open presents, that you would take the conscious choice to open, to receive the gift of Jesus. Maybe for the first time, maybe, maybe, for the millionth time, day after day, Scripture encourages us that we have to choose to receive the gift of Jesus because a gift given that goes unopened is as useless as one submerged in water. So, so here's my encouragement to you. I just want to encourage you this evening to, to find some way, sometime in, in the next day, day and a half as we celebrate Christmas, to choose, to consciously, with your body, with your mind, with your heart, with your rhythms, to consciously choose to welcome Jesus to the center of all the celebration that we do. And maybe, maybe what you're saying is, Sean, <laughs> that's why we're here, right? And that's awesome. To, to set out this weekend as, as this, is, this is a time that we are going to make sure that Jesus is at the center, at the fore of everything that we do, my encouragement to you would be this, is just don't make this the end of it. Like carry this choice to receive the gift of life, the, the tree of life, as Proverbs says, the goodness and the grace and mercy of our benevolent king each, each day. Maybe, maybe you've been um, go going through December and you've been doing like an advent calendar. Uh, my wife is a rock star and so she found an advent calendar on Amazon a couple years ago and every time it had um, a little piece uh, that you would open from the nativity, right? And you would, each day, you would build out this nativity scene until you got to the last day and you would open baby Jesus and you'd put him right at the middle of it. If you've heard about our nativity scene, it is like the most culturally inaccurate nativity scene ever, but we love it and it's awesome. And every day we, we you know, open a little package of a little piece. We just repackage it every year, right? Because instead of buying a new one, my wife just puts them in plastic bags and wraps them up and then we reopen them every single year. And they've got a little verse you read with them, right? Just a little thing to prepare our hearts to put Jesus, to receive this gift of Jesus at the center of 
of our worship and of our celebration of Christmas. Maybe, maybe you haven't been doing it. Maybe you could go on Amazon right now. Do you know this? You can go on Amazon right now and you could order one for next year and then you could scroll down to where it says like shipping speed, right? Um, you, you don't know, you may not know this. You can't get Amazon deliveries anymore before Christmas. Like the time passed, okay? Um, in fact, Target was delivering same day until four o'clock today. Did you know that? You missed that as well, right? But you can scroll down the bottom and you can click the option that says deliver in four to six months, right? Like just give the Amazon drivers a rest and then they can store it for you, right? And you can get one for next year and you can, you can choose to set out all of December as a time to choose to embrace and to receive Jesus every single day over and over. Maybe, maybe your family has this tradition um, where you read the story of Luke 2, Right Before you open presents, you read the story of Luke 2. Maybe you don't. And, and here's the incredible opportunity. If your family doesn't have that tradition, you get to be the one who can choose to do that. To set at the center of your celebration before we unwrap presents, before you open anything, before you eat anything, to take a, a Bible and just read the story of Luke 2 as a way of saying at the center of all that we do is the gift of Jesus. Maybe it's just praying before you eat and Maybe your family doesn't and you can take the initiative and you can choose to create practices this Christmas that in the midst of all the fun and the celebration because presents are fun, can we just be honest? We're in church. I know it's hard to be honest in church, but can we just be honest? Like presents are fun, right? Christmas celebration food is fun, but can we take a moment to set at the center a choice to receive Jesus into the celebration that we do at Christmas? You know, um, this is actually going to be the first time uh, in 15 years that my wife and I aren't traveling to Missouri to be with her family. That's where her family is. We don't, we don't go to Missouri to vacation, just in case you're clear. People don't do that, okay? Um, we go there because family lives there. And this is the first time we're going to not be able to go. And one of the things that um, I'm going to miss about it is that if you were to be a fly on the wall at any of my in-laws' events... Christmas, Thanksgiving, wedding, funeral, 4th of July, Labor Day, Tuesday, like any, any event they do, you're going to hear this chorus. You're going to hear this chorus. They're going to sing. Now, they're all great singers. They're all great musicians, but they're going to sing this chorus together. And it's a reminder for them that at the center of everything that we do as a family is Jesus. It's a song. You might know it. It's an old song. It's called the doxology, Right? You know the doxology? It's this really simple little chorus, and they sing it every single time. And, and this Christmas, we're not going to be able to be there, and so I, I, I want to know if we can end our time. Can we, can we sing the doxology together? Can we take a moment just to breathe and set Jesus at the center of everything we do? Now, I'm not a good singer, um, but I have a microphone, so you have to listen to me sing, and I'm going to pick a key, and I don't know if it's going to be high or if it's going to be low because I don't know what that means. But I'm going to start the song, and if you know it, would you, would, you, would you sing with me? It goes like this. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father. Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. 
I hope and pray that this Christmas, whether for the first time or for the 3,000th time, that you would not only talk about the gift of Jesus, but that you would choose this Christmas to receive the goodness and the gift of his son as the center, as the purpose for all that we do in all that we celebrate.